could you imagine being 22 and a certified boss, y'all? I'm talking about a boss. Well, Olamide Olowe is a boss. Today, we're going to be sitting down with my dear friend, Olamide, who has had a company acquired and is on to her third business. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and tell your friends to tune in for another episode of Brown Like a Girl. Thank you all so much for listening, and let's get into today's episode. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite girl, Niamani here, back with another Brand Like a Girl podcast. And today, I have a really cool friend of mine. Her name is Olamide. And honestly, y'all, I met Olamide at South by Southwest in 2018. I was like, you know, the guy who was facilitating the conference that we were at, he said, you have to meet this girl. Before we even got to the conference, he said, you have to meet her, met her. And within 2018, me and Olamide, you know, she's from LA. Well, she lives in LA for school. Well, we'll get into that. But honestly, y'all, me and Olamide saw each other three times in 2018, and like we're on two different coasts. So I know that this is somebody I have to keep in my life <laughs> because we just met. When we met, we didn't even know we were meeting each other, which was actually really crazy. Like we just were walking with our little bags at night, and we just started talking and talking. And I was like, we aren't on the same wavelength. Like we're literally there. So we met at South by in Texas. And then we saw, I saw you again when I came to um, L.A. for Generation Beauty. And then we went to Boston. We, we met again? No. What? Boston tried to, yeah. tried to kill us. Boston. But we, 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 we beat Boston. <laughs> we, were at, um, we were in Boston for Forbes 30 and 30. But yeah, Boston tried to kill us. But honestly, enough of my chit-chat. I just want y'all to know that Olamide has it going on. So I want her to tell, um, tell you guys a little bit about herself. And yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, as Nia said, my name is Alameda. I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, and I went to UCLA for my undergrad, and I studied a combination of political science, biology, and entrepreneurship. And I always tell people that sounds like I was all over the place because <laughs> I was. I definitely was. But we're figuring it out now after um, undergrad and really enjoying creating impactful results. Alameda, they just recently graduated, so 20, 2018. 2018. Yeah. So, Alameda, what made you turn to entrepreneurship? And I know you said you have a very strong emphasis on being a student entrepreneurship. So, I want you to, I mean, student entrepreneur. So, I really want you to um, kind of focus and tell us about that. Yeah. So, what's really interesting is that I came to UCLA on scholarship. Um, and if you know anything about coming on to a college campus as a scholar athlete, your coaches don't really care about anything else that's going on except for your sport. And so that wasn't going to work because I'm Nigerian and I actually <laughs> wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a dermatologist. And um, so I spent like three years um, in my undergrad chasing this medical school application or this acceptance and um, started to realize that my skills were better set in a different industry that I had never really been exposed to in the way that I think some of our other counterparts are exposed to business. Um, and so I was really fortunate um, during my sophomore year, I co-founded Shea Girl in partnership with Shea Moisture with one of my dearest friends, Rochelle Dennis, uh, who brought me on because she had an idea to um, kind of disrupt what it means to speak to women of color in beauty. Um, and she brought on some of her friends and brought me on. And it was really fun because for two years we got to uh, build this brand, a digital first brand um, in the height of Instagram. Um, under Shea Moisture, which is like one of the most storied multicultural brands. 
Um, and so that's actually what really led me to being an entrepreneur. I, I kind of fell into it. Um, and I didn't know a single thing when I started, it but <laughs> it was girl, it was, it was a lot of sleepless nights. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Like we got to pitch to major retailers like Walmart, Target, and Ulta. We, um, you know, did a lot of, um, trade show work, uh, learned how to do grassroots marketing, learned how to do digital marketing. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, but then in 2017 of November, our parent company, which is called Sundial Brands, got acquired by Unilever. And when that happened, all the girls were like, okay, great. Like we did that. We tried that. And then everyone went their separate ways. So it was really, really exciting that, um, our hard work culminated in, um, being able to take part with Shea Moisture and Sundial Brands in that acquisition, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it was really fun. And it was, it was, for me, it was really exciting because that family, um, the Dennis's, uh, who are the owners of Shea Moisture work so, so hard, um, especially on the behalf of black women. And so it was super, super fulfilling to see them, um, be able to capitalize on their dream that they had been working on for over 25 years. Wow. So thank you. If you are in school, it's never too late to be an entrepreneur. Like Alama Day mentioned, like that's honestly one of the best times to, you know, do that. And there's so many resources for students. So honestly, if that's something that you're thinking about, if you have an idea, even if it sounds crazy, you know, if it sounds humongous, literally anything is attainable with baby steps. <laughs> yeah, no, people really want to help students. So you have your like at whatever dot edu and you mm -hmm. send someone an email like, hey, I'm a student working on this project. People love that. They love to get their egos massaged. So they'll, <laughs> they'll answer your email like pe big people will answer your email and be like, oh, yeah, I'll help you out because of that. And like Nia was saying, there's a lot of resources on campus where it's like, I have this idea. I don't even know where to start. Um, you can go to these resources and they'll literally help you break down your idea and figure out like the different parts of it. And that's really helpful. And you're not going to get that once you graduate. Cause unfortunately, once you get into a real world, yeah. nobody's going to help you. You're a big boy. Yeah. You're a big girl. People like, do not care. care. What's super exciting also, um, that I've been fortunate enough to take part in is, um, these two student, uh, venture funds. So, um, rough draft ventures and dorm room fund. Um, they are two student investors that invest money into your company on a safe note, which is uh, pretty much like a promise to have equity in your company once you convert to a priced round. Um, but pretty much they give you about like $45,000 in total to get your idea off the ground, which for students, like that's a chunk of money. That's a lot of money. A lot of people do not start their company with $45,000. And because you are a student, you're able to do this. Um, granted, like your idea has to be one that is scalable, but they're very, very open. And what's really great about both of those funds is they're so open to diversity. Mm. We talk all the time about how women of color, um, minorities don't get funding. Like they are very adamant about creating programs and resources for underrepresented minority founders. Awesome. Okay. So we touched a little bit, a little, we touched on your acquisition a little bit. So I want you to kind of like, some people don't know what that means. So I want you to kind of like, tell us about that, you know, getting Shea Girl acquired. And honestly, like, how did you feel? Like, wait, what? I'm getting acquired. Like, that's kind of crazy. So like, just go into depth about that and kind of let everybody know, you know, what that looked like for you. Yeah. So I think the first thing that I should preface is we in the black community specifically need to, um, I think, look at acquisition a little bit differently. I think I know we talk a lot about, you know, having ownership and, you know, ownership being, you know, what matters in this world. And I 100% agree that ownership matters. But I think that um, the whole game of entrepreneurship is rinse and repeat. Right. Mm -hmm. So you start a company, you build it up, you sell it. And then now that money that you have, you're then able to invest that money into either 
now 10 new companies versus just one or you can create like what rich dennis did which is a fund to invest in other people that look like you Mm -hmm. he always says it would have been great for him to have all that money from just having one shea moisture but his goal is to create 100 shea moistures like because our community has been set back so far Mm -hmm. we have a lot of work to do to like get ourselves in the door so when we have people that get up to that status like i would really hope that people wouldn't see it as selling out and more as like this person is actually sacrificing their baby Mm. for the good of our community not selling out because they want the money because as you can see with their family they took 100 million dollars like tell me who you've seen in any other communities that have taken 100 million dollars and said i'm gonna go now put this back into other people's companies so that there, I'm not the only one in the room. That's you know, true. I think we need to look at acquisition like that versus looking at it like, oh, that you're, you're a, sellout, a sellout. You know, because mm-hmm. this. So many people get so much slack, but like all these, you know, different races, they do this all the time. You know, it's it's the game. Like that's what you, you have do. to play it. You have to know it. And like I kind of did have that mindset in a sense. Like before I started like getting even more into like tech and like just the startup world in general. I'm like, why would you sell your company to you know a larger conglomerate? But it's like you got to think about it. Like. Having Shea Moisture in damn near every retailer, that's monumental. So, like, now seeing so many more, you know, black women or just black businesses in these, you know, larger companies, like, that's so much better than them just selling their stuff on the street or online. And it's actually, like, I won't say that all those brands are in those stores because of him, but, like, Mm -hmm. he really did open the door for a lot of those brands to come in and has invested in those companies. So Mm -hmm. it's, like, the money that he's using to fund all these other companies that people say they, like, jump off the Shea Moisture wagon onto other companies, it's, like, he's helped those companies grow. Mm -hmm. And so what you have to understand is that without him selling his company, a lot of your faves would not exist. Mm. Like, and it's crazy. Um, And so, like, people have to think about it like that. And another thing, too, is, like, the United States is is definitely a huge market, but like, he is an African man, mm. and there are a lot of people of color everywhere else. Pretty yeah. much, like we're such a white centered here in America, or like we think about like just like one ethnicity as being like the top ethnicity. But like, if you look at other countries, the majority of the world is people of color. Mm. So while the products are great in the United States, in order to bring them to Africa, you need someone who has like like multinational global distribution and companies like l'oreal or unilever they have those things so why would he go and like you know try to build it himself when he can partner with someone who wants to distribute the the product on the continent as well so i really i just really really wish that we as a community would really do more research into digging into that Mm -hmm. because it could benefit you and i know people say like oh i want my kids to have something but like you don't want to just hand something to your kids. Mm-hmm. Like you're, there's going to be problems in the world when your kids get here and you want to be able to give them the resources. Amen. You know, we talk about trust fund babies and all that. You want to be able to give your kids the resource to, resources to then create their own legacy. You don't want your legacy just to be passed down to them, you know? That's real. So, um, but with us for the acquisition, um, it's a really interesting kind of thing because it's like, I would say like our company particularly got acquired. Mm-hmm. So like we were a part of Shea Moisture. Um, cause they brought us or they didn't bring us on, but we actually pitched to come on as, um, building a digital first business for them. So, um, I'm a fiend when it comes to like D to C or DNVB, which stands for D to C stands for direct to consumer. DNVB stands for digital, digitally native vertical brand. She got the terms down back y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and what that means is like, these are brands like, uh, Glossier, Allbirds, um, you know, all these brands that are, uh, Casper, all these brands that are starting and like they are Instagram born brands, mm-hmm. they are digital first. Like these are not brands that are like 
they've been along around for a long time. These are brands that like have created their whole communities on social media and like gone into retail. Gotcha. And so like Shea Moisture didn't Shea Moisture was a retail brand, but they weren't a digital first brand. And so we came on to build what does that look like in this day and age with millennial to young women? That. <laughs> you know? You so like the buzzwords. Ha- disrupt. So how do you build a brand like Shea Moisture, but like build it online? And so that's what we were doing. And so we were part of them. So Shea Moisture got acquired, um, and they had a couple other brands brands a part of the acquisition mm-hmm. um so it's really like kind of like tiptoey or dancey but yeah so we um we're just really fortunate to be a part of you know the family of sundial mm-hmm. um so yeah ours is like like i said it's, it's like kind of mixy or it's, dicey but it's it, it was really great though like, again like i say how did you feel honestly it felt good because it's like i think you work so hard sometimes and you feel like is there going to be a, is it, am I going to get my glory day? And mm-hmm. like, you do get your glory day. And then like, I also, again, like I, I said earlier, so happy for the dentist family. Like, I don't think people understand rich dentist started selling soap on the streets of Brooklyn. This oh, man was no. selling soap on the corner. Like this is the people that you probably passed. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you don't take nothing for that. Y'all yeah. Start investing in these businesses. Um, literally he was selling on the, on the streets and he talks about how like he, Literally, actually, he came here. Imagine being a college student, right? He came here to for college, and his home country of Liberia and Africa went in complete turmoil and had like civil war. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even go back home after college. Like he was a, a like an international student, and his mother came here with like a suitcase, and that's all she had. Like she literally came to America with just the clothes on her back because they couldn't go back home after the civil war started. And so they all came. They were in. New York or they were in Boston, but they were, they came and lived in New York and were living in like, it was like six people to an apartment. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. they have really grinded their way since 1991 all the way until 2017, you know? And so for me, it was just like, it's like to see your heroes get what they deserve, Mm -hmm. like to get their flowers while they're still alive. Like it was, it was so, and then for the culture, Mm -hmm. like how many billion dollar acquisitions y'all hear about for black people? And it's like, like you said, it's about opening the door for that to happen for so many more people because we deserve it. We got so many it. ideas. Nia and I were, I was just telling we Nia, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'll do some shout outs for different things <laughs> I want y'all to join, but we need to build. Like, yeah. what are we doing? We need to build. We do need to build. And y'all, me and Olama Day, we'll call each other at very random, very random hours of the night and be like, well, girl, this is my idea or I'm stressed. And it's like, that's also important too, to like have people to call on, you know, in the time of like you being an entrepreneur it's hard like so hard and it's so so hard hard, and you have to be surrounded by people who are literally like i said on the same wavelength so keep your friends close okay Mm all righty so okay how is securing investors so i know i want to talk about your latest company well how would you want to go about that would you want to talk about your company and then securing investors yeah, I'll talk about my company first because I think um, a lot of people ask me like, oh, how do you get an investor? And I think like we have to talk about the framework of the company mm-hmm. and also some kind of things to um, be mindful of. So I am now starting a company called Topicals. You're not starting it, baby. Okay, well, you it's it started. Yes, yes. <laughs> we haven't launched yet. Um, but by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have launched probably around, uh, we launched around May. Um, and so 
I told you guys I wanted to be a dermatologist and um, what's really interesting is that I actually started to do not dermatology research in the lab but I started to actually really really get deep into like dermatology journals um, and reading a lot about how do we create access to equity in healthcare like I told you guys I studied a combination of social justice with my political science degree entrepreneurship and biology and I didn't realize that um, I was really passionate about health equity um, until I kind of stumbled upon this idea of like, how can we bring these like dermato dermatological advancements to the mass market over the counter? Granted, some of these are prescriptions, so they may have to be at like lower percentages or they may not be available over the counter. But my whole thing was communities of color suffer from different skin diseases or skin issues that are not being kind of broadcasted um, mainstream, right? So I know everybody listening to this has dealt with hyperpigmentation. Them dark spots that never go away. They're never leaving. You know? Or we think they're never leaving. Right. But y'all, watch out for me. Watch out for me, y'all. Stay tuned. Um, But I think we spend so much, and you start to look into some statistics, right? So 75% of dermatology trials, clinical trials for products or for, you know, clinical, uh, you know, skin products, the 75% of the participants are white meaning that the majority of these products that are being tested and putting being put on market haven't even been tested on skin of color which They're not for us y'all right which makes sense because when you use these products you're like did they just put water in here cuz like <laughs> this is not it's working. not working yeah and so then i started to to do more research and found that um actually 47% of dermatologists and dermatology residents so these are people either in medical school studying to be dermatologists or are current uh, dermatologists, 47% of them said that they did not believe that their medical school training prepared them to treat skin of color. Wow. Isn't that scary? So like, like listen to these numbers, y'all. Like half of the dermatologists and residents that are out there that are treating people have literally come out and said that they don't know how to treat skin of color because our skin composition is different. Our the, kind of the issues that show up in our skin is different. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, how do we create health equity? How do we educate people um, in a way that makes sense, right? So, because I like, disrupt. I'm you know? sorry, we have to be innovative and we have to disrupt. Yeah, for me, it was like, how do we, like, I think medicine seems so archaic. And mm -hmm. so, how do we bring that, how do we bring the cool factor to medicine, especially in communities of color where it's like we lead and disrupt trends all the time? Mm -hmm. How do we bring that, you know, to Instagram? How do we bring that to digital? And how do we make good trends too? Because, like, I know. A lot of times, like when we go to different countries, whether it's, you know, countries in Africa or countries in Asia, you know, a lot of the times like skincare that is provided to them is either to to whiten their skin. Yeah. 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 No. And so th that's exactly what it is for me. It was like, how can we create e efficacious products um, that are like backed by this dermatological science mm -hmm. and create healthcare equity? So letting people understand that if you have really bad acne, I don't care what kind of face mask you put on. I don't care what kind of face wash. Some kinds of acne are just really bad and you need to go see the doctor. And I think that like in communities of color, because we don't have access to healthcare, which is a whole other problem, it's very difficult for people to one, realize that they need to go to the doctor or the dermatologist, and then two, actually getting there. So for me, it's like with my company, my whole goal is to build these bridges between dermatologists and um, patients. And then also to provide like cosmeceutical, which is um, bioactive products that are better than just what you'll find at the regular drugstore, but they're not prescriptions, but they're active. So they're going to work on your skin and they're also going to be clean. So they're not going to be filled with um, all bad products. Like they, they won't be filled with things that you have to question what they are. Um, everything is going to be backed by science. So that's currently what I'm working on right now. Do y'all hear that? <laughs> 
yeah but specifically for skin of color too i I love skin of color like y'all don't even understand how interesting it gets when you start talking about epidemiology and like the actual breakdown of the skin and the occurrences of certain skin diseases y'all like we really do have different skin and i think we don't spend enough time talking about that like that's real we've spent how much money on anti-aging research let's talk about that y'all tell me what y'all tell me where you can find a ton of research as much money invested in anti-aging in hyperpigmentation Mm. So it's funny too, all I'm day because you said I'll just going back a little bit because you talked about like your majors in college and stuff like that. But yes, you are all over the place. But everything that you studied and all of your interests literally have come together as one. It is so funny. I really I believe God knows what He's doing. He does because I literally was like, people made fun of me in college. They were like, "Girl, you're gonna graduate with every degree at UCLA," and I was like, "I sure am." You know, I mean. For me, I think like so many people get bogged down. Like I have to be this one major, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like that's not how you. Mold. Yeah, like, your path is your path, and nothing is going to like take you away from that. Yeah, there's Unless no you let it. right. <laughs> there's no like one way to like. I feel like so many people like do majors to impress people, mm. and it's like there's no one way that'll guarantee that you'll be at your path of success. Especially as me wanting to be an entrepreneur. I'm not really answering to anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, obviously answer to investors and to my um, customers, but it's like, as long as I'm preparing myself with the skills that I need to make them happy, then it don't matter if I got, you know, a PhD Mm. in, you know, biology or and then putting people around yourself. So like for me, I'm very, very focused on this being science based and like dermatology based. So it's like, reaching out to dermatologists of color who know what they're doing and have studied exactly. and bringing them on and saying, can you be my investor, uh, mm. my advisor in this? So it's, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know how to build a team around you. Cause it's not about you. You can't do it by yourself. You have to have a team. Real. So I want to talk about teams too, but let's talk about, you know, your process or like how you've been able to secure investors, especially like for topicals. Like t- let's talk about that. And I know like, this is so crazy because me and Alama, they talked about, topicals when it was literally like your your thought like it was like so small and then one day I get on the phone with a llama day and she's like yeah me I got investors I got this I'm like wait 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 <laughs> when did all of this happen so I want you to kind of touch on that and you know just talk about your process through that yeah so first investment isn't for everybody right so like some people don't want to sell their companies and even though I did that whole spiel earlier about like thinking about acquisition and IPOs differently. Like people just, you know, don't want to do that. And that's fine if that's the kind of company you want to run. But when you take investment, you're on a certain path. So uh, a lifestyle business is a business that you'll probably make less than $1 million a year, which is a great business for some people who want to, you know, just sustain their family. But if you want to build these like retail businesses or you want to build these like massive $100 million businesses, um, you need to... Most times you need to take investment to be able to um, grow that business. Some people start and bootstrap it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Some people bootstrap and I would say bootstrap for as long as you can. It's very difficult sometimes because like for me, I was a college student. Where am I going to get, you know, $50,000 to invest in product and to invest in research the way I'm doing? So I did need investors, but it's all about choosing the right ones because there are ones out there that will put like clauses in your deal that will literally just make your life so hard. Mm -hmm. And like if you have an investor that is taking away from, you building the business that was a wrong decision be wise um yeah be super super careful there are like different things online i know like rate my investor will like let you see anonymously investors um and like people have like put in like people comment and you know do all that stuff um talking about 
their experience with that investor so you can see like the transparency of is this person a good person or not that's real and intuition is good too trust your gut y'all trust your gut because if you don't feel it it's not it really even if the money looks good it, it, it really isn't all money is not good money it's not um so for me again i mentioned those student funds they were like my first investors they saw um and this is even when i was just like in idea phase like I, obviously i had like really you know broken down my go-to-market strategy and put my pitch deck together and had people like advisors that were working with me to kind of really hone the idea and I had already started calling different vendors to figure out how much it would cost so it's like it wasn't just an idea but it was like we didn't have a product yet um and that's very hard to get funding in that kind of area Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because that's low-key when you need it the most Mm. because sometimes it's like people are like oh I want to see you have traction before I could put money in but like baby I can't get to no traction unless I got some money and so it's like a chicken and the egg situation which is really difficult especially for like founders of color who you don't come from a lot of money where you can hey dad can you give me, can you give me a small loan of one million dollars so that I can just um play Stop. around with it yeah <laughs> no, I no. need your um, funds what's what's crazy is that I feel like a lot of people in in college especially is like sometimes you're low-key sending money home to your parents mm-hmm. you know if like you have a scholarship and you got extra money you sending that to your mom yeah. you know or your dad and so Again, like I think for students, um, this student fund is really great because they connect you with resources that are like top notch. Like I tell people all the time, like there's low key like underground like group chats and stuff where mm-hmm. it's like it's really popping off. Like people know the stuff and they know where to go and they know how to connect to you. Um, and having access to those resources is like amazing. Another um, kind of funding opportunity or alternative is pitch competitions mm-hmm. so like pitch competitions are great especially when you're trying to like, on, like always I, and i think it's funny too because like sometimes we go away to college or like maybe even if you're in a small town you'll think that they're not there or like those resources are not there but like they you are. would be surprised like just like you said and it's especially like as you being a student or just being young or a person of color the resources are out there but you have to go and find them yeah like, stuff is not going to necessarily fall in your lap all the time and yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of lists online, but it is like there's a whole bunch of things. So sometimes it's hard to like organize everything, but that's what you have to do if you really want to get after it, you know. Um, there's there's also like grants that you can get like for specifically for our company. Potentially we could get a grant from like the government because we're doing like healthcare stuff or we're mm. doing like stuff more science based. Um, and those grants are like usually really good um, because they have no equity tied to them. So equity means like giving a percentage of your company up and um, a lot of people think, oh, I don't want to give any part of my company up, but like you have to understand that you can't build your whole company by yourself. You're going to need people. Granted, you want to make sure that you have enough controlling interest so mm-hmm. you don't lose your company, but you're going to have to give pieces away to other people who are helping you build your dream. And be wise. Um, yeah, again, be wise because you low-key, I mean, you can't really take it back after you've given it away. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, that's where I started with those student funds. Um, I was able to, you know, pitch them. I went up to San Francisco two times um, to pitch, uh, each company. And, um, they're really, really great. They were, they're like the best. Cause it's also other students who are acting as investors. Oh, wow. So they're on your level. Right. So like they understand like, Oh, like digital social media, blah, blah, blah. But they're also like connected to money. So it's mm. like, they can then help you. So it's like a really great, like, I can't say more good things about, uh, dorm room fund and rough draft ventures. They've been so amazing. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how I got my first, well, we're going to be coming out our first product, uh, pretty soon, but that's how I, yeah, y'all are going to be so excited. Um, but that's how I got my company off the ground. Boom. Okay. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. Okay. Because being a black woman, a person of color, um, especially in the tech, you know, or startup world, it's a heavily white male or just like, you know, Caucasian, 
um, dominated industry. So, like, I want to talk about, like, you know, how you you feel sometimes going in some rooms where you're like, well, damn, am I really supposed to be in this room? You know, so, like, or just, you know, doing things at this age or, you know, let's just talk about imposter syndrome. If, like, have you felt it? And, like, if you have felt it, how have you been able to kind of get out of that mindset? I definitely deal with it. I mean, I'm 22 and I'm black and I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I was an athlete in college and there's a stigma where athletes are, like, supposed to be dumb or something. Mm So, um, yeah, it's hard. Like, people, when they're like, wow, I can't believe you've done all that stuff. And I'm like why are you surprised? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, granted, I have done a lot of stuff. Like I've lived a bunch of lies, (laughs) but you know, it's like, don't be surprised that I can do what I've done. You know, like be like, that was commendable, but don't be like, Oh my goodness. Like you can talk, you know, like, (laughs) yes, baby, I can talk. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely deal with imposter syndrome. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, like all of this is risk. Right. So Mm. it's like 90% of, uh, startups fail right mm-hmm. so you're going up against odds that are like babes you're gonna fail like mm-hmm. it's just that's just it you're gonna fail you're gonna fall um, flat on your face and that's okay but you literally honestly have to be like ludicrous to be a founder because it's like you're literally going against the grain of something that's been done for a set amount of time or something mm-hmm. that's been like established or that's bigger than you and you literally have to say like i'm going to innovate around that or i'm going to innovate through that and so it does you do get imposter syndrome because you're like I'm going up against this big old company that has way more money than me. Like they're going to crush me. But then you have to think back again is like, if what you're doing is really truly innovative and you're really actually like creating impactful change, people around you will see you and support you. So I think that you, again, Nia is like my, like I'd be calling Nia like girl, (laughs) I don't even know how I'm gonna get this, this, this. And then she'll be like, okay, try this, this. And then I'm gonna call back today's, Man, you told me this and it helps so well. Like, I, you really need to surround yourself with people. And I said, alluded to this earlier, but I'm launching my personal website, alamidealowe.com. O L A M I D E O L O W E.com. Shameless plug. No, it's, it's a plug, but it's for y'all. Okay. Um, so on the website, it has like a whole bunch of different recs, like podcasts that y'all should be listening to. Cause I just don't feel like we know the knowledge where it's at. And it's out there. It's and free. It's free. Free, y'all. So podcasts y'all should be listening to, books you should be reading, um, people you should be following on social. Cause there's account, like you can get on Twitter and talk to big people who have a lot of money, who have a lot of, um, you know, pull. You just tweet them. Mm-hmm. You say something intellectual to what they question they ask, and now they know you, and now they're following you, and now you're like in the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not hard to get into these little clubs. No, like, we be thinking stuff is impossible, but like once you find out where they're at, you can maneuver your way. And in you there. Ke- if you keep seeing these people too, they're like, "Girl, I know you." Right. And now you friends. Exactly. You eating lunch with people. You be like, "Wait, what?" You, you literally will look back over your your life in like three months and be like. I just didn't know that person. Now I know this person and you know, and now they know me. Right. And that's how it is. Um, so you definitely on that, on my website, all that information is going to be on there. And I was talking to Nia about how I'm starting this Slack channel for, um, I'll just call it like intelligent people of color. Not that there isn't any people who are not intelligent, but like these are people who have ideas, maybe either have a company or starting a company or don't have a company, but have an idea or have like this really, really interesting framework or thought process. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put us all in a group chat and we'll have like different channels. Um, but it'll be about like, how can we innovate in our community? Mm -hmm. Like, I think so many people are so like, Oh, all the ideas are gone. It's too hard to start a business, this, that, and the app. But it's really about like, think about when you go down the, the bread aisle or the water aisle. It's so much water, but it's all about 
the positioning of your water. Literally. There's so much bread. It's about the positioning it's of your so bread. It's so much everything, like cars, but like it's a Honda, there's a Toyota, it's a it's a Tesla. And people buy them different things. And each of those companies is probably worth over a billion dollars. They're so, so you think, don't let one person already having an idea or a thing already being out there stop you from innovating on top of that because literally nothing is new under the sun no and that's the thing like companies aren't actually new things like all like i i forgot what the saying is but it's like matter is neither created nor destroyed Mm -hmm. like everything literally already exists in the world people just repackage it to you in a way that's maybe (laughs) like prettier or more convenient or cheaper relatable yeah yeah and so it's more about that than it is about they call like incremental innovation so it's, it's not about like some things are disrupting, right? Like mm-hmm. creating a new treatment, right? Yeah. Or, you know, but like some other things, like we think about Airbnb or Uber, a they hotel, didn't create taxi. new cars. <laughs> they didn't create new places. They literally just created a business model that allowed people to do a, like do, to do something that they weren't able to do before, which is either rent out their car or rent out their homes. But like car, these cars existed. These homes already existed. Like everything already existed. All they did was create platforms. I um, mean, that's kind of like the digital age we're in. So in this group chat, um, you uh, are going to be exposed to those kind of people is to start talking about like, what are we doing y'all? Like, why are we not building stuff? Um, And so, but the only thing is to get into this group chat, you have to refer a friend Mm. because for me, I always get this wrong when I say it, but Jay-Z said in the song boss, Mm -hmm. he said that um, over, over here, uh, we say that if you're the only rich person that you're actually broke mm. and I wholeheartedly believe in that like if you're the only person that's the top on is not lonely it, it doesn't have it, it doesn't have be. to be if you're the only person that's on in your friend group that's whack you're whack you're whack why you didn't invest in your friend business? yeah why you Come didn't on. why didn't you help your friend all the stuff you learn and you're not gonna help your friend you're not a real friend you're just gonna let them just wither so you can be the top one yeah, with her. You just gonna let her, <laughs> let like, you know, you just gonna let, like, how you gonna do that? And so for me, it's like, that's the way you can get into this group chat. And if you ain't got no friends to be referring, you don't need to be in the group because you, you need new friends. Yeah, you're not, you're not putting your friends on. And if you're not putting your friends on, what are you doing? Why are you here? Yeah, yeah, we don't like that. We don't like that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, again, by the time this podcast is out, this will also be live. Um, you could just go on my website and put in your name and your email and then, um, we can get you set up after you referred your friend because I'm being serious about this, y'all. You were not getting in until you refer your friend. This is literally like the club, and if you are not on the list, you were not invited into Olamide's section. No. <laughs> and the only way to get invited is to tell your friends. Like, put your friends on so they can know this stuff too. Literally. So y'all can then maybe co-found a, a company together or like bounce ideas off each other. Like, you cannot be by yourself and think that you're going to win in this game. It's you just, can. it doesn't work like that. And that's like funny. Cause like people are like, I'm so self-made. You're not like somebody, something somewhere helped you get to where you are. So don't discredit people for that. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we talked a little bit about imposter syndrome. You know, we talked about a lot of different things. So your journey has not necessarily been easy. No one's journey is easy. So I want you kind of to tell us about, um, a time that you failed and like, what did you learn from that? So it's funny. Um, what actually led to me even being in this industry and doing everything I'm doing was failure. Mm-hmm. So I came to UCLA on track scholarship, on full scholarship. And my freshman year, dealing with like trying to be a, a scholar, athlete, trying to you know have a social life, trying to do everything, I actually got like stomach ulcers. Mm. Um, and so you like, were really stressed. Yes, like real time stressed. Um, and like I wasn't able to compete to the best of my ability. And then I ended up like having to be hospitalized actually and like not compete. And, um, unfortunately, like I said, y'all, 
everything is dog eat dog, unfortunately. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be like that, but some, for some reason, sometimes it is. And actually, um, my athletic scholarship actually got like half of it got pulled because they were like, you're not doing what we brought you here to do. Um, shout out to academics though and covering the rest of our way to school. Cause Amen. I, you don't just gotta be a student. You gotta be a scholar student. Um, but yeah, that was a really low point for me because I came from Texas where I was a state champion. Mm. Like I was the top in my state. I know that about you. Yes. I was okay. like, people don't know that now cause I'm, I'm slow now. I don't run, but mm. <laughs> I was like, I was winning. I was that girl that people were like, Oh, I don't want to race her. You know, oh, that you had um, shook. I had them shook. I did. I had them shooketh, but <laughs> Yeah, and so I um, come to UCLA, and it's like I'm a failure. You know, like, mm-hmm. you suck, you know? People telling you, your teammates telling you you suck, your coaches telling you you suck, you know? And you're just like, girl. I'm sorry. I wish they could see me now, you Literally. know? They but, see, no, they see you. <laughs> but, you know, it's and it sucks really bad, and it makes you get into this low point where it's like, my worth is tied to, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not true. Your worth isn't tied to that. And, and actually in that valley of, like, realizing okay so track is cool but it's not everything and i need to find something else that's gonna make me happy and not just rely on track and that's actually when entrepreneurship sprung up in my life like it's really crazy mm-hmm. um everything happens for a reason um and so um so the, that was the first one that actually led me into entrepreneurship and then the second one actually was last year in around april so i was applying to grad school um working on some projects finishing up my senior year i was super involved like with um like uh, um like school stuff and I hit like a burnout really bad like super bad um and it was so terrible I couldn't like get even out of get out of bed like every day was just like I just want to sleep all day I don't want to leave any leave my bed like I didn't want to eat like it was just like I was just tired you know and um that's because I I, me and he were talking about earlier about like working really hard and like I think hard work is good and I think I sometimes I work too hard to a fault where I like deteriorate my health which is not Mm. good at all and like I've been trying to be a lot better about it now like if something just don't get done close that laptop and go to bed it's just it's not gonna get done today um but yeah I hit a pretty bad like rock bottom there and like was able to get out of it after like really just taking a month off from work Mm. and I needed that I needed to just be like you know this is that and um yeah and spend time with my friends yeah and family and not lock myself in my room and like do my work all the time Mm -hmm. Um, it's fresh air because it can get hard as an entrepreneur we were talking earlier but like as an entrepreneur or some yeah just somebody working for yourself we can often like isolate ourselves and you know just focus so much on work because you don't have necessarily a place to go work you know we're working there's no hours (laughs) yeah it's not a nine to five like you working at up until four o'clock in the morning or you you know you're just really sacrificing a lot, of, a lot of time that you forget to a take care of yourself and b like you know be a human sometimes and like just go out there. So no, yeah, and we were even talking about it's like you don't ever want like your significant other, or your family, or your friends to be like, oh, you left me or you neglected me because you were working. Because like at the end of the day, you're working this hard to like make their lives better. Because mm-hmm. um, you want obviously either financial or social success or you know you want stability in your life um so don't drive everyone away around you that Mm -hmm. has helped you get there and like that's something I had to learn um because I'm not perfect like I am not in the way perfect like I think I think I'm pushy I think that you know (laughs) I just work really hard like I don't do it to be mean but it's just like I really work hard like I really value hard work and like good work ethic and I think to some people that like scares them Mm -hmm. and so but that's again it's being self-aware of like 
yo, I got some traits in me that people may not like. And I have to understand, like, if people don't like me or don't like the way I move, like, it's no really harm to me, but it's just, like, they that's don't like that's, that's, that's because I love Alameda, so if you don't like her, that's your problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so definitely take care of yourself. And I know we talk about it, and I feel like it's low key becoming like a trend. But mm-hmm. like seriously, y'all, like if you work this hard, but you die before you could even reach the pinnacle of success, what was the point? It wasn't one. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't at all. So eat, sleep. I get nine hours now. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go to take sleep care, early. Take care of yourself. Yeah. I wake up early and I go to sleep early. I, like, I feel like an old person. Because <laughs> like, I used to be the person to stay up late and wake up at 12 p.m. Yeah. And go to sleep at 4 a.m. That's so... it. For, I mean, if that works for you, then that works for you. But I make sure I get adequate sleep and like eating too. Like, right. Because you'll forget. You will, and I still am a little bad at this, but it's okay. We're <laughs> gonna, we're gonna, food after yes, this, we're right? gonna work on it. But like, buy yourself something nice. Like, if mm-hmm. you hit a milestone in your company or in your business Treat or in yourself. your personal life, like, get that endorphins. Like, you worked hard for this, baby. You deserve that. Mm-hmm. Get that. For me, it's I love bags. <laughs> like, get that bag. She got this nice bag. Over here. I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to you have borrow to take it. it take it. Take it with you. But yeah, you know, like. Do, like, go on a vacation, even if it's, like, driving out, like... To the beach. To the, yeah. Or to, like, a different city to see, like, like link with a friend, like, just treat yourself. Just do something, yeah. I like food. Like, if I, you know, I feel like spending $50 on some Mexican yeah. and two margaritas, then that's what I'm going to do. Because it's, like, you deserve it. And, like, a lot of times, you know, as entrepreneurship, we do have our bouts or our ups and downs because things, it's, it's a risk. And yeah. you never know. It could. Sometimes you don't know where the checks are coming in. Yeah. Or the checks might come in late. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're like, damn, I'm broke. Or, mm-hmm. like, you just might be going through it and it's like, you know, when you know that you've been working hard and you've been doing what you need to do, it's okay to treat yourself. Right. No, that's true. It's literally okay. It's very true. So, we did talk about failure, but I also want to know, like, what's been most challenging um, throughout your journey? Like, what's really been, like, something that's like, damn, like, this is a hard hump to get over? It's lonely. Like, it's just really so lonely. Like, even when you have friends around you and stuff, it's just, like, you just, like, I feel like you internally struggle with stuff, which is bad because, like, you can kind of tell your, like, employees or your friends or whatever, but it's, like, low-key, you be struggling. You just be, like, I I, I think I need to also get better at, like, anxiety and stress, but, like, mm-hmm. you just be, like, dang, I'm going through this by myself, you know? And, like, that's why I think it's, like, it's good to have a co-founder. I mean, not all, like, relationships um, or not all companies are good for co-founders. Like sometimes you got to just move fast or sometimes like, I mean, I think there's pros and cons to having a, fa- a, pro- a co-founder or being a solo founder. Um, but it is hard cause it's like you doing the job of like multiple people for a like, while. Lucky like 10 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not all there. Um, but, um, yeah, I think like the loneliness sucks so bad. Um, that's why it's like, for me, it's like, I try to create if it's like digital things that could like bring people together. Cause then. You don't feel as lonely. Yeah. Like, even if you could just call up somebody. Right. You know. I literally, y'all, Nia be on my phone like, Nia, hey talked on Tuesday, talked on Thursday, talked on Saturday. Like, yeah. Because she just gets it. And it's just like, girl. And then just even talking to my other friends. Like, I have other friends who are super dope who have always been, like, supporting me. Um, and you just call them up and you be like, let's have dinner because. Mm-hmm. I just need a friend right yeah, now. Yeah. I need to figure this and out. And honestly, sometimes just to talk about life shit, like, yeah. outside of just work, but, like. I need to talk about my relationship. I need to yeah. talk about this grade I just got or like just how I'm feeling. Yeah. And it, it is like you say, it can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. And you have to sometimes know like it doesn't have to be lonely. Like you can communicate with people. There yeah. are people who want to hear what you have to say. 
Mia so, yeah. gets on my head all the time because mm-hmm. she's like, you stay in the house 24-7. And it's just like, it's so weird because I've always i always been an extrovert. So, like, I can talk to people normally or whatever when I'm out. But, like, when I'm in my house, y'all, like, I may not come out for, like, four weeks. Like, mm. Okay, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> it does I mean, and like, like, three days. Like, I could really, like, be zoned in, mm-hmm. like, working. But that's not good. Like, you need to go outside and get fresh air. You need to go talk to people, like. You're not a caveman, like you need to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think the loneliness is the 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 hardest part, and I think like just the stress, because like you said, is that check coming tomorrow? Is it coming today? Like, is it coming ever? They're like the net pay is forty five days. I'm like, damn, like can you? <laughs> what am I supposed to do for forty five? Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Y'all can I, can I sleep at y'all house? <laughs> like you gonna keep your lights on for me? Right, <laughs> literally. So. Um, so yeah, that's the hardest part, but it's all worth it. Like it really is. It really is. Like especially when you get to like impact especially when you get to impact other people like it's really just like there's no feeling that's better than like helping people like either if that's like clear up a skin issue and for me that's that's what gets me like super high or like (laughs) realize that like even with like whatever skin issue they had they still were bomb like you're killing it sis like i don't care if you have acne or whatever else like you still look really great like it's just super cool to be able to create those relationships with people using what you believe is like your god-given talent Mm. That's real. Okay, so what, I won't say advice, but like, what would you tell someone in the startup world trying to, you know, raise capital or like, you know, just trying to do their own thing? Like, what would you let them know, like, to keep going? Ask for help. Amen. Like, stop, stop it. Is. Stop it. <laughs> like, we need to really stop this whole thing of like, self-made, self-made. Like, yes, self-made in the way that's like, you, like, you, you took the initiative to start the company, but somebody helped you along the way. So all this self-made stuff is just like whack. Um, but ask people for help. Like people really want to help you. Like they, I told y'all the EDU email, y'all could be cracking up in places. I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all could be really be like with the greats because you got this EDU email and you offered to like, like they, again, I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all get on this Twitter. Twitter is crazy. Y'all get on Twitter and someone's asking a question. I heard this one kid, um, Chris Saka, which is, who's a big investor. He's on like a Shark Tank investor and stuff. And he's also like a, a investor with his own fund. He um, had tweeted something about um, like having a question or about one of his softwares or something, some, his software or a problem that he had. And this kid in high school created like overnight, created this like prototype of whatever it was that he was asking about and sent it to him and was like, Hey, like I've been looking at your thing and I think this would be a cool feature addition. And like Loki, that feature like would have cost Chris Saka like a whole bunch of money. And I hope, I think it is Chris Saka that was talking about this deal. If not, it was one of these other like big tech guys. Um, and that kid got an internship with him. (laughs) So yeah, I want to talk about that. And he's like in with him now. Shoot your shot. And y'all be too worried about shooting y'all little shots with, potential bays like but there's people out there who will give you not give you but they will, they will honestly they will fuck with you like just because money. you, you had you mustered up the courage to, to send them an email granted everybody's not gonna answer your email yeah they're not you go you don't get a lot of you can send out 15 million, you know 15 emails with those that one person that might respond or that you know those two three people that respond be grateful for them you don't need numbers necessarily behind you you need and people who are going to want to take you places or help you get to the places that you want to get so Shoot your shot. No, that's so real. Um, so yeah, like ask people for help. Mm-hmm. Granted, don't like people get annoyed where you ask them for help with things that you could have Googled. So don't do that. Yeah. Like if you can Google it and find out yourself, but there are some questions where it's like, this is a very unique situation and I need help. 
with someone looking over something for me or helping me with like my pitch deck or something. But there are a lot of resources, like I said, at school that you can go to. Like there, literally look it up on your campus. There is at UCLA, it's called like Launchpad, Blackstone Launchpad. Mm. But that's like they have that kind of program around the country and you can go into these places and there's literally venture consultants and for free for the free they will help you build your pitch deck they'll help you do all this stuff but again this is for student entrepreneurs so i'm trying to tell y'all i know it's hard you're trying to get them a's and whatever whatever but it's like you can you can juggle start something even if it's not like the big your big idea like i think starting something in college is really good i think everyone should start a business or start a Maybe not a business, but even like a blog or a podcast. Like you should be creating something. something. Yeah, Yeah. be a creator. Be a creator because disrupt. Yeah, (laughs) and even if like those resources aren't necessarily directly like on your campus, is this the police? (laughs) No, I'm just right. (laughs) But um, even if those resources aren't directly on your campus, there is somebody there who knows something that you you know you have access to. Because like I know at Hampton, like we might not necessarily have like a center or a lab but we have like the entrepreneurship you know teachers yeah your professors like my professor like helped me look over contracts and you never know who that that professor might know somebody like so be sure to utilize the things around you the resources around you like don't just go thinking that nobody or anything is out there to help you so yeah. that's so real. The professors are the really good ones too. Cause mm-hmm. they love, I'm trying to tell you jobs outside of teaching y'all. So stop thinking your professors are just professors. Professors. Like, they're not they really be out here doing so much. like investing in people's companies and stuff. Like honestly, it's a thing serving as advisors, all that intros. Yeah, literally. So, I mean, I want to wrap up with what's next for Olamide. So company is going to be publicly launching around May. Um, and what's your Instagram and the website? Um, so my Instagram for my company is my topicals. So M Y T O P I C A L S. And our website is my Um, and my personal, um, social is Alamide A Aloe. Um, that's across all social channels. O L A M I D E A O L O W E. Um, what's next for me? I don't know. I lucky want to, I don't want to say take a break or like take it slow, but like I want to enjoy life, mm-hmm. you know, like you're only 22. Yeah. Day. Like I love moving fast. And, like they say, move fast and break things. Don't be breaking stuff. Cause you know, you are a person of color. So, you know, <laughs> they unfortunately will they jail. will send you to jail. You are going to jail. Period. Okay. Period. <laughs> um, but like, I like moving fast. Cause it's like in your twenties is the time where you don't you're have a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. So it's like, you can kind of try all these things and like, don't care about people who tell you, Oh, you should have got a job or you should have sit down or you should do this. Granted, if you need to pay your bills, you got to figure out how to pay your bills. But like, don't be, and I was this person who was like, Oh, I got to have this job. Cause actually I, I had accepted a consulting job before I decided to start this next company. Um, and I ended up not going, but like, I was that person who was like, Oh, I need security and safety. And sometimes you do, sometimes you need to ch- uh, stack that paycheck and save it so that you can then launch your company on a better financial uh, foot. But sometimes you just got to drop it all and do what you got to do, but don't be out here homeless. Okay. Cause it's Amen. not, don't let this social media thing where people are like, Oh, I'm an entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. Like they could still be working their daytime job. Yeah. And all you see in is, you know, their stuff Glamour. on the side. Yeah, yeah. Never like let someone's highlight real, like don't, don't. Yeah, don't focus on these people. Everyone's going through something. Literally. Yeah. Um, But yeah, next for me is just like building super, super like dope products and cosmeceuticals and like research. Like I'm so excited to get into dermatology research Mm. and work with like the greats in skin of color. 
um, to figure out how we can actually bring these, like we need to bring affordable solutions to people of color. Mm. And so that's what I'm going to be doing for the next couple years. Um, so follow me on my journey if you think that is cool or you're interested in the products or even interested in like just talking and chatting with me. She's um, really friendly. Yeah, I do. And I talk a lot. So yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff to say. Always. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for tuning in for another episode of Brown Like a Girl, the podcast. Thank you so much, Olamide, for, you know, being here with me. Thank you for having to, me. Of course, y'all. We're about to go to um, get some pizza yes. and go to a conference. We're actually here right now in New York um, for Black Women Talk Tech. They have a conference called Roadmap to Millions or Billions. Billions, I think. Because we're on our way to billions. Okay, we're going to get these checks, but honestly... <laughs> Um, I hope that you, you know, you took what you need to take from this podcast. You enjoyed this episode. Um, if you do like what you hear, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Niabiafophia. Um, and if you like this podcast, make sure you tag me. You know, I want to know that, you know, these conversations that are being had are, you know, useful and you enjoyed. And if you want, if, or if you know of anybody that else, you know, else that you would want to hear from, definitely shoot them my way. I would love to, you know, continue to talking to um, a whole bunch of different women in many different industries because we can all learn something from each other. And that's really what, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to expose women and women of color who are honestly just, you know, kicking ass in their industry. So that's all for me. I hope you all enjoy and thank you all so much for tuning in.